You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to Ashland University's Professional Learning Podcast. This is your host, Dr. David Silverberg. Joining us today is Dave Kish. Dave is the curriculum director at Keystone Local School District, and in the fall, he will become the assistant superintendent at the Educational Service Center of Lorain County, which supports 15 school districts, uh, resulting in 40,000 students uh, that they support, and they also house educational organizations like SST2 and others. Thank you so much for your time today, Dave. Thank you so much, David, for having me. I look forward to our conversation. And as I've listened to some of the other podcasts, I've really started to grow as an educator myself in more ways than I thought possible just by listening to some of those. So great job with the podcast. And I'm honored that you're having. Hey, thanks, Dave. And I know we're going to be covering some some new territory here. Some of the things that you and I have chatted about that I think will be really helpful for the listeners are some expanded ways of looking at equity and then also talking about grading and so forth. Where would you like to take us to start? Well, I think what I'd like to do is start off like I do with my teachers and our staff that we have at Keystone. And that's the why, the why behind grading. Why do we grade? And what does a grade stand for? During these times with COVID-19, to be honest with you, that's, I think, one of the key pieces that we have to start to think about because when you consider equity and what students, families, staff member, what everyone is going through during this time, uh, a grade shouldn't be the number one thing on their radar. And it adds an unintended amount of pressure that during during these unprecedented times, they really shouldn't have to deal with. So when considering that, what we like to say at Keystone is that the purpose of a grade is to inform the learner and to inform the parent of the learning that's taken place and where they are at within their learning process. And that I think is so critical because at that point, once that becomes the why, and students and parents and staff see that as the why behind why we give grades, what ends up happening is it becomes about the learning and it doesn't become about chasing points and it doesn't become about the symbol, a traditional symbol of an A, B, C, D, or F. It becomes about the learning and really that's why we are here is to provide a safe learning environment for our students in which case they know where they are at within the learning process. So I think that's where I really would like to start is just around the why of what a grade stands for and why we are grading in the first place. That's important thing. It's important for us to look at because we all get caught up in so many different directions in response to the challenges of the pandemic. It can become a challenge to stay focused on priorities. Tell us what you've done there at your district. Well, in Keystone, early on because we have started standards-based grading and we've had this conversation well before the pandemic. But what we started to really 
take the opportunity to do is to inform our parents and our students that during these times, that when students are turning in evidence based upon the work that's being assigned by the teachers, that they will not be receiving a traditional A, B, C, D, or F. They won't be receiving a percentage. What they will be receiving is descriptive feedback from our educators that are, that's informing the students and the parents of where the student is in their learning process. So for example, rather than receiving an 86% on a math assignment, the student will be receiving either a mastered or progressing towards mastery or no evidence of mastery. And with those final two, the progressing and the no evidence, the teacher would be giving a little bit more feedback as far as where they may be misstepping within the learning process. And then possibly some interventions or some further work to help the student get to a point of mastery or understanding when it comes to the standard. So from the very beginning, uh, when students started receiving remote learning at Keystone, that has been what we have been telling our teachers and our students and our parents. And to be honest with you, that hasn't changed no matter when the governor came out and said we are out for the rest of the year or we were initially just out until April 3rd. We've been consistent in our message and it's taken a lot of pressure off of students that were worried about their GPA. We're worried about their class rank. And it also helped us to say we stand, we can stand behind what we are doing without letting the unfortunate circumstances that are taking place affect a child's class rank. And, and to be honest with you, when you think about equity and when you think about what parents are going through, what students are going through, the connectivity issues, the availability of support. We felt like this was the best for our culture and quite frankly, the most ethical and fair way to move forward when it came to grading. I think this opens up so many issues. For one thing, how did families and how do your peers respond to this and, how, and your colleagues, how did the teachers respond to this notion? Well, many times, as I said, we had already started this conversation. We have had book studies in our district around grading and the why behind we, the reason why we grade and the evidence that's being presented and how to give descriptive feedback. So many of our teachers were already doing these types of things in their classrooms. Yes, they were still giving traditional grades, but the traditional grades looked different and the feedback is what we have continually told students prior to this pandemic all the way through this pandemic that is important it's the learning and not the grade that is important we had to communicate this message to our parents we we've done some things when it comes to newsletters that the district has released around grading to inform them this was again prior to the pandemic so Parents were starting to become educated in this way and on this, on this rationale. And then when the pandemic happened, you know, we've heard because there was so much local decision or local, yet local decisions that were given to us that we can say, it's up to us how we feel best to move forward. What can our culture handle, our school culture, our school community handle? We felt at Keystone that we were well on this pathway already. So we felt that our culture could handle 
not giving A's, B's, C's, D's, and F's, not even doing pass and no pass, and instead falling back on the learning and where students are in their learning path compared to what they're turning in. And to be honest with you, that has been received pretty well by our community and our students were understanding that because we were having these conversations prior to the pandemic with our students about this is why we do give retakes because everyone learns at a different, at a different rate. And if the goal of a grade is to stand for if a student learned what you were trying to get them to learn, then an arbitrary timeline shouldn't even have an effect on that. It's all about the learning and not about the points and not about the grade. So it's been well received. Um, there's definitely has been some people saying, well, well, why aren't you giving grades? The district next to you is giving grades. But through conversation, to be quite honest with you, it's been well received during those conversations and it makes sense to parents. And some have even stated, I wish it was like that when I were in school so I didn't have a hole to dig out of when I had a missing assignment or a 10% that I received because I didn't know that material and I needed more help. We've been met with a lot of praise for what we're doing. What gave you the courage to stand for this? What really was, did you have a light bulb moment for you when you said this is definitely something to stand for? You know, we, our district is a member of an organization called High Schools That Work. And that organization started to, I think, open my eyes even more to why this makes sense in hearing speakers like Rick Warmly and Ken O'Connor and seeing what their rationale is. And then it just, it makes so much sense that it's hard to dispute about really our purpose and getting back to our why and how oftentimes we grade the way that we were graded. And is that really, should that really be the why? I'm very passionate about this issue. Um, we've taken multiple staff members to see Rick Warmly just recently, even is in January in Columbus. And the more people that go and hear this message and the more they start to understand that, yeah, in life, if, if you fail your driver's test, you get a second chance to pass that driver's test. Well, why in learning do we give a test and we say, okay, that's it. Now we must move on. We give second chances in the classroom because we give it, we get them in life as well. So I think the courage just came from knowing that this is what we believed prior to the pandemic. So why should we change that during a pandemic? And quite honestly, this is just the way we do business in Keystone. And it's not about fitting in with what others are doing. It's about what our culture could handle and what we, the groundwork that we've laid within that culture. What an interesting way to push forward. Do you think that this will maintain, or maybe even it sounds like, help you gain momentum in what you believe in uh, for when the pandemic passes through or at least resides a little bit so that people can implement these more deeply in their practice for the long term? Yes, this definitely will help us moving forward. It's unfortunate that what is taking place is taking place. There's no two ways about that. I feel badly for our students and our staff and, and just even people outside of our district that are within our community. But when educationally speaking, this has opened up doorways and pathways for our teachers to teach differently, to look at grading differently, our parents to look at grading differently, 
this has really been a liftoff. And I can see that this will only enhance and it, it almost accelerated what we were already doing in our district to say, okay, we are moving down this pathway for sure. We were anyway, but now this only makes sense. And I think it's opened people's eyes to the fact of, you know, when, great, when, when evidence of learning is coming in, what really counts? So oftentimes students would just look at the grade at the top or the percentage that they received and not necessarily ways to get better. So now by eliminating the grade and only giving ways to get better or where students are at within their learning process, what that's really done is it's made it about the learning, which is really what school and grading should be about is the learning and where students are on that learning continuum. Well, have you heard the argument uh, along the lines of, well, how is this gonna stand for your uh, high school kids that are going to be compared to kids from other high schools where they are getting grades during this time period. How is that translated to what you're talking about? Yes, well, I think that the state has done a really nice job of making this a hold harmless situation because districts have the leeway of determining how they would um, like to move forward with grading. But to be quite honest with you, in our research and as we've heard different speakers talk as I've previously mentioned, school universities and secondary education, they're not putting nearly as much weight as one would think that they used to put on class rank because they understand that these inequitable grading practices are taking place all over. So it's not as much about a class rank. It's not as much about a GPA as, a, as much as it is about the learning that's taking place and giving the secondary education uh, institutions, the evidence that students have not only passed a course, but these are the things that that course entailed so that they are ready for life after high school. We still will give a GPA, and that's where things do get a little bit hairy, to be honest with you, because you are still having to assign numbers to the, to the overall grades or to the overall evidence that's being put forth. But I think if you start at your youngest levels and you start to make it more about the learning and less about chasing points and less about how the grade is being calculated, that students start to understand that it's where they're at in their learning process and that it's not doesn't need to be filled with pressure. And it's not about a GPA and a class rank and it's more about where they're at within their learning. And then being able to report that via an effective reporting tool to secondary education institutes so that they see what students at Keystone have mastered uh, and where they're at within their learning. And so for people that are out there that may feel scared by this, you know, a curriculum director at another school district or a principal that may say, oh my gosh, how could we ever do that here? What's your thought to them? I think that you, like anything, you have to start by taking small steps. And and asking that question of what does a grade stand for and having teachers reflect personally on within their own grade book is there participation points built in is there extra credit built in how much does homework count for an overall grade and if they can truly stand behind what some of those practices are and 
and really defining that and trying to at all costs remove behaviors from a grade. Because if a grade stands for learning, if that's really what a grade should stand for, then a lot of those things that I just mentioned wouldn't be calculated into a grade um, because it's all about the learning. So I would say to another curriculum director or to a teacher out there that may be scared to make this jump, it doesn't have to be all at one time. What we've told our teachers at Keystone is there is a progression. And your first step may be we are not doing extra credit or we are not doing participation or we are not doing effort as part of the grade. Because how can you truly tell effort? Sometimes students are giving it their all, but they're not making eye contact. So to you as an instructor, does eye contact equal participation? Does eye contact equal effort? Well, a student may be, I remember a commercial when I was growing up, they're doodling, but they're getting all of the information and they're able to comprehend all of that information and, and pass an assessment. But yet that student would be docked points because the perception from the instructor is they're not participating or they're not giving their best effort because of eye contact. So I think to start off, curriculum directors and teachers just really have to peel back what does a grade stand for and look at their own grading practices to see how much of it is truly based on the learning that is coming from summative assessments that you are giving. And start there and make steps towards getting it to where it is totally based upon those summative assessments and not based upon behavioral examples and behavioral things that are built into grades that traditionally have been built in. Well, I think part of what's really exciting during this time that prevents all kinds, presents all kinds of challenges, of course, is that this is unveiling all kinds of dynamic conversations like the one we're having here around topics and issues that were already out there percolating, but now everybody's paying attention because it is an opportunity to make significant change and growth in various ways in education. And I appreciate you stepping into that and your district and going for it. If somebody wanted to follow up with you to get more information about those strategies you've talked about, or even to disagree and get your feedback, what would be the best way for them to reach you? Well, they can reach me at uh, my email address, which is david.kish, K-I-S-H, at keystoneschools.org, or they can contact me at 440-355-2366, and I welcome the conversation, David. You know, I think that this is like you stated, a unique opportunity to have these conversations. And I would be more than willing to help out by either talking them through certain questions that they may have, providing some professional development to their staff, or being able to pass along some of the resources that help change my mindset along in this process. Because I think that education is learning and growing together. And uh, this time really enhances that. And I would totally be willing to help in any way that I possibly can, because I believe it's a worthwhile subject. And I think we're in the greatest profession in the world. And if we can all help one another and make grading something that is more about the learning process and less about the points chasing and the behaviors, I think it's a win for our students. It's a win for our parents and it's a win for our districts. Well, fantastic. We really appreciate you showing up for this conversation and, and helping us all think in a new way about an important topic. 
Thank you so much, David. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. Take care. You too. Brought to you by Ashland University, your partner in the future of professional learning. This podcast is licensed under Creative Commons. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.